so we're back after feels feels like several weeks. That feels like a little. Let's read Heart of Ice, where we left off. What do you remember from our story, our second attempt, including several uh, deaths and cheats? To just continue. <laughs> no, no one, no one knows. Fine. Um, I actually don't remember that much because it's been a little while and my memory is terrible. But I remember um, the fact that we said goodbye to the, our companion. Uh, right. The dude, they, they, Bezo, Bezo, Bezos, and random. This was uh, when we were about to cross the. Mediterranean? Yeah, we were in we were in Venice, or pronounced differently, maybe, but Venice. Mm -hmm. And we'd gone to a was it a casino or a hotel or something? And yeah. we had an ID card that allowed us to gain access to like a underground this elite club. Elite club thing. Um, we left the companion to go off do his own thing for a few days. To help us, and he kind of comes back with a few weapons or something, and we tell him to. Did he want too much money or something? I think yeah, he wanted us to pay for his ticket. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we're low on money. Only three scads right now. Yeah. And we don't have lots of items. That that's not looking good either, because the rough part is only ahead of us. Yeah, we're headed. Where are we heading again? Well. We're leaving Kai Venice, crossing the sea, and up to Egypt, I think. Okay, yeah. Obviously, let me look at the map of the, in, my, in my book. Uh, there was a name, like, so, yeah, I was listening back, and there was a name that was mentioned. Oh, uh, oh wait, are we in? No, we're headed, are we heading to Cairo, or we've been to Cairo? Uh, we're, we're not there yet. I guess where we're heading then. Yeah, well, somewhere in North Africa, because as you see on the map on, in the bottom, Lost City of yeah. Duen is the goal. So I am not yeah. sure which path we're going to take there, but we're crossing we're, the sea now. Yeah, I think we're heading to the right to Cairo, but we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, I'll read the previously last entry, mm -hmm. 246, and then I think it takes us to 10, but I'll read yeah. it just to give us a refresher. Um, although it's just mainly exposition, but eh, we'll do it anyway. You ready? Yep. Cool. After 15 minutes, a pale green light flashes through the murk out to sea. The assembled travellers start to rise and gather their belongings as the ferry comes sweeping in towards the dock. A massive hovercraft of three-tiered decks surmounted by a high coding tower. The ferry glides up the frosty foreshore and settles on its metal skirt. Workers immediately rush out with planks to assemble a boardwalk and you go aboard with the others. There is a delay while supplies are loaded. You find a couch on the middle deck and gaze out to sea. A polarizing tint in the glass adds to the gloominess of the scene. With tall iron black clouds piled high above a sea of gray swell and ice flows. Eventually the craft rises itself and you are underway. Stewards come round and lunch is served at long curved tables in the centre lounge. You chew at a stodgy gruel formulated from sea algae, washed down with spiced tea. You take a promenade of the outside deck, but the chill of the afternoon soon drives you back inside. Some of the other passengers have started card games. As the daylight fades, a gap in the luring clouds reveals a handful of diamond bright stars. The bar is opened and the atmosphere abroad gradually requires a current of bohemian but you remain aloof and troubled most of these people have no further destination in mind than kyra no ambition beyond a small profit and a frisian of petty adventure but your goal your own goal is direly remote the lost ruins of duon in the far hinterland of the Saharan ice wastes. It seems impossible to believe, but there in Duan, you will either grasp the ultimate power or perish. And this is where we left off. I, I like how the, they, they changed the spelling 
and maybe the pronunciation of the city names because it's actually realistic. Uh, that's what, what we have done as well. Over time, names change. It's no, it's a, it's a good um, real thing to add. Did you say, yeah, names change dramatically, well, subtly, also dramatically over time or different places. Um, okay, at dawn, the ferry enters the Isis estuary and skims upriver towards Kyra. Taking a stroll on the deck, you notice a waft of warmth rising from the river. It eases the bitter chill of the morning air. Questioning one of the sailors, you learn that eating pipes are laid along the riverbed. No one knows the source of energy, but the effect is to keep the Isis River from freezing. With the result, with the result that river plants and fish are more plentiful than you would expect. That is the basis of Kahira's prosperity, he tells you. But one day the pipes will fail, and the river will freeze, and Kahira must die. You glance to the east, where the sun struggles morosely behind a drape of stern grey cloud. That is the whole world's eventual fate. Kyra, Kyra hoves into view around a bend in the river. It stands on massive concrete buttresses straddling the Isis, a huge fortress city with towers like spines along its back. Looking like a beast of mechanical Armageddon against the wintry surroundings, the ferry glides to a halt, the gang ramp is extended, and you disembark in front of the city gate. If you have the code word diamond, turn to 251. If not, turn to 229. Now, we did have it, but it told us to strike it off. Okay, I was wondering about that. Maybe that meant that we had the, the guy with us. Yeah, I guess that's probably what it means. Uh, so we do not, so 229. Okay. Uh, Kyra is shrouded in a petrol mist that rises from the warm river waters that flow beneath the city. City gate is a metal shutter opening into a wide cargo lift at the bottom of a concrete buttress. You hurry through just before the gate closes for the final time this evening. Standing in a crowd of people, donkeys and camels, you wait while the lift rattles up to the street level and opens to disgorge its passengers onto a fog draped plaza. You step out under the dank glare of a neon lamp and gaze around the plaza, ignoring the stragglers, bargaining barging past you with their packs. The babble of voices is muffled by the fog. The air is dankly cold, with a flat reek of mist and wet concrete. A man wearing an illuminated fez scurries up to you, brushing his fingertips together as though washing. A clutch of snaggled teeth gleaming in the street light as he bows. Greetings, I am Bador, the Draco man. For a single scad, I will be pleased to assist you with the many queries you must have regarding this steamable city. If you pay Bador's fee, cross off one scad and turn to 33. If you tell him to be gone, turn to 95. Yeah, I think information is good and I can afford it. I'm just worried that this city is my last chance to pack items that I'll need for the desert but I don't have enough money either way. I don't know. Maybe I could sell my ID card to someone. <laughs> okay, so I will pay the, the one scad and we can... Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. That would be cool if you could sell the ID card. That'd give you a lot of scad. The door thrusts his chin forward and strokes at his grizzled scrub of beard as he waits to see how he can help you. Will you ask him about Giza, the Saharan ice wastes, the city of Cairo, or where you should take lodging? Hmm. The city so, of Cairo. 
Okay, that is Zidikara, one, four, three. On this point, announces Bador, I would be untruthful if I pretended to know with adamantine certainty. According to some, the city took its name from Cairo or Field of Conflict, as it was founded on the spot where the first pharaoh watched a falcon fight a rat. Another version relates it to the settlement of El consecrated to the red planet of victory. You shake your head. These are ancient myths. I am interested in recent history. Ah, well. When Duan rose to power, Kaira became important as a base of operations for those armed forces opposing the volatile watchers. In essence, the rest of the world Owing to heat conductive pipes buried along the bed of the Isis River, fishes are abundant even these, in these perilous times, and Cahira continues to flourish. The warm water rises into contact with icy winds of the Saharan plain, forms the incessant mist which is characteristic of the city. And why is the city built on high columns of concrete instead of sprawling along the riverbanks? An uncertain face, defense, scarcity of materials, an obscure edict. Who can say? Now you can ask his advice about Sahara, about the Sahara, Giza, or about the best place to stay, or you can dismiss him. I want to ask him about Giza. Turn to 59. I have a feeling that's a place that is optional to go to. Uh, before going to the Sahara, and it might be worth going there to collect some important stuff. He holds up at his finger. Ah, it is a very ancient place, not very far to the west. There in ancient times were buried the royalty of Egypt. Later men came from the distant corners of the globe, a great warrior called Gilgamesh, who had skin of iron and eyes of fire. They told him to watch across the snows, the stirrings of life in the ruins of Duan, and if any threat arose from there, he was to keep. He was to take up his sword and venture forth. Badur sees the look on your face. It is true, all true. Now you can ask his advice about Sahara, about Sahara itself, or done, or where to stay in a city, or you can dismiss him. Okay, I'll ask him about the Sahara. So apparently there's some sort of sentinel that watches you on Giza. Uh, okay, you ask about Sahara, yeah? Yep. Cool, that is 77. The door expresses dismay when you tell him you intend to cross the ice wastes. By your father's beard, do you wish to become a corpse with hoar frost in your veins? Put aside all thoughts of such a scheme, I pray you. You, you cannot help smiling. What, says Bador, starting to weep. Do you mock my concern? You place a hand on his sleeve. Calm yourself. You and I are strangers, and you already have your fee. Do not allow thought of my death to upset you, but give me advice on how to avoid such a fate. Only the barbarian Ebor venture... Only the barbarian Ebor venture into the Sahara, and even they dare go no further than its fringes. It is a place of ghosts and devils, and the wind is like flint. The Ebor, the nomad tribe, how do they survive? They have bereks, shaggy thick-necked beasts that grow folds of fat. When the blizzard comes, the Ebor ride shelters by... Excuse me, sorry. When the blizzard comes, the Ebor rider shelters by his barak and bleeds the animal, throwing up a blood pudding to sustain him. Badur grimaces to show what he thinks of such custom. <laughs> now you can ask what he knows about the city. Uh, to, it sounds like Star Ezo. Wars. Your, your yeah, so animal is yeah. only as good as, as it survives in the cold, and then you eat it or use it for warmth. Yeah. Okay. Very much thinking of Tom. 
Next, let's ask uh, him um, where to stay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Okay. He is empathetic, but emphatic. Sorry. Emphatic. Different word entirely. He's emphatic that you should on no account sleep in Costral Park. It's unsafe after nightfall, he says, wagging his finger. The claustrals are barely deterred from entering the street as it is. What are claustrals? He jerks back in exaggerated surprise. Do you not do you truly not know? They are rank fiends, creatures that are the reverse of men. They flourish in darkness, cold and filth. They have her sunlight and goodness. Their food is the decaying remains of the dead. His fat jowl shudder with fright. Decaying flesh, so why would they hunt a living person? Possibly the claustrals are simply figments of a fairy tale. He looks at you sadly as though at a person who had lost their wit. Do not allow your cynicism to tempt you into the park, he maintains. So where should I stay? Uh, the Osserman Hotel is best. If you cannot afford a hotel, avoid the back streets where muggers lurk. If you must sleep by the gratings of... If you must sleep by the gratings of Fishmonger Plaza, it is well lit, warm, and there are plenty of folk around all through the night. Now you can ask his advice on the Sahara, Giza, Ira, or you can dismiss him. All right, let's dismiss him. Dismissing him, okay, turn to 95. Hey, this is good. If you possess an ID card and wish to make use of it, turn to 353. Otherwise, if you have not already done so, you could try to find out about Baron Sorisis. Shame Goliath, Gilgamesh, or the Sphinx. Well, getting those, getting the information sounds good, but maybe I won't get another chance to use the ID card. This is the problem with this type of story, isn't it? It's like... But that's life too, you know? Sometimes you have to choose between two good things and you might yeah. not get a chance to, to do the second one. So let's use the ID card. Okay, cool. Uh, three, five. Or did that get me in trouble last time because it wasn't a good fake? Did you, did you not get the good fake? I can't remember. Well, I had to... I guy had, was going to eat your face or something, wasn't he? I went to a cheap place that had where he had no intention of doing a good job. And, and I think we died. Reality, in an alternate reality, of, uh, <laughs> we got put under anesthetic and then never woke up. Right. But, but you're right, the, I think the second place did a good job with it. Yeah, I think they did. Okay, we're all about to find out. Okay, the card identifies its owner as a member of the Society of the Compass, a secretive and select organization with considerable resources worldwide. The Society has a building here in Cairo. You stand on the other side of the street and look up at the tower of steel and glass rising off into the dank evening mist. In the colorless fluorescent glow of the lobby you can see your receptionist sitting at the front desk if you have the code word proteus delete it and then turn to uh, yeah well, we have that don't we we do i don't remember where we got it but i think it's a good thing that we do so let's use it. i think that be where we got it from when we got a face change or whatever okay change uh, i'm just checking the other options you can enter and try to bluff your way or give up hope. Okay, yeah. So oh, um, we have Proteus delete it and three seven four. You stride confidently into the lobby. The receptionist, a prim-looking man with pursed lips, sits at the desk. Behind him, on the wall, is displayed a society symbol: a triangle enclosing a circle and central dot. To one side. The bronze-coloured elevator door is set into the black marble wall. The receptionist looks up, blinks. Good evening, how may I help you? Unsure of protocol, you hand him your card. 
He slides it into a slot on the desk, consults a screen, and hands the card back. It's, his blank expression has become an un... Okay, Unctuous. Smile as he says, Our facilities here are at your disposal. There are no other members in residence at the moment, so you'll have the building to yourself. The elevator door opens. You mutter a gruff thank you and walk past. Inside the elevator, you study the panel and decide which floor to go to. You can choose the library, the medical lounge, the gymnasium, the armory, or the canteen. Hmm. This is good. Huh? Yeah. Let's go to the armory. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like the Matrix. These guns. Yeah. Lots of guns. Okay, four, four, seven. Uh, oh, that's that wrong way. That's right here. Okay. The armory is a small but well-stocked room in the sub-basement. A gaunt man in white overalls comes over to you, heels clicking on the grey tiled floor, and asks your requirements. It seems that the society members can take out weapons as long as payment as a payment shit is signed. C-H-I-T. Yeah, I don't know. Since the chips of, uh, are drawn on the account of the ID's card's previous owner, who has no use of money now, you may as well select whatever you like. The armorer shows you a drawer full of barrel guns. We also have crossbows for those who prefer simplicity in the weapon rather than sheer force. You can take a number of barrel guns, each with six charges, crossbows, knives, and stun grenades. Remember that you are limited to carry a carrying capacity of eight possessions. However, note what you are taking on your adventure sheet. Mm -hmm. So, any number of barrel guns, each with six charges. Those knives and stone grenades, and you have how many are you taking? Uh, so right now I have two items. Uh, I will take one barrel gun with six charges, cool. cross, crossbow. one crossbow, two knives, and two stun grenades. Does that work out? Yeah, I think that's eight. So I, th I think that's more weapons than I will need, but right now that's as much as I can take. So if I, think it's good. If I end up taking food from the canteen, then I'll leave a grenade behind or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'll switch out the hamburger with the grenade. <laughs> okay. It's a, bit, so, it's a bit confusing. Crossbow, it doesn't say how many quarrels. It's, it says, no. okay, you've taken okay. Let's continue. Okay, 73. Let's go. Okay, we're back in the elevator and can choose the other floors. Yeah. Oh, medical lounge might be to regain life points, but we have 10, and I think that's the maximum. I want to go to the canteen next. Okay. Uh, it's a shame we can't like, just withdraw some money from the card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, canteen, 94. Canteen is located at the top of the building with wide windows giving a breathtaking view over the city. You stand and look out for a few minutes at tall towers reefed in swirling fog. Below, a dark patch of woodland studded with mist, sparkling lamps can only be the infamous Austral Park. The canteen has no human attendance, just a food dispenser which brings forth foil-wrapped packs at the touch of a button. You can take any number of food packs you like, up to the total limit of eight possessions at any one time. Record these on your adventure sheet. Yes, yeah, so you might want to switch out. Good. Yeah, I'm feeling more, more uh, prepared to meet the desert. Yeah, this is looking good. This is, this is what we needed. Okay. I I will take three food packs. 
just thinking back to, to your attempt. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing as well. I was like, what would it be need when I was dying in the wasteland? <laughs> so I will leave the grenades behind and keep only one knife. Take three food packs. But I also remember us needing um, a fur coat or something to keep us warm. So, yeah, there was lots of... So I might leave behind the goggles or the crossbow if I get a chance to get one of those. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a chance to get one of those at some point. As you are leaving the canteen, you almost collide with a huge Aegean in trim black suit and mirror glasses. He grunts an absent-minded apology and hurries past, staring urgently around the room. He is the only other person you have seen in the building who doesn't seem to be an employee here. You're about to head off towards the elevator when he calls after you. Hey, who are you? <laughs> if you possess a barrel gun and want to use it, turn to. If you prefer to use close combat, turn to. If you try cunning, if turn to. If you have none of those, you had better run for it. See, because of this, I went to the armory first. Um, but I, we have the choice between using the gun and the skill close combat and i think yeah. having a skill is better than having an item so let's go with that cool first combat yeah yes cool uh two four eight okay the Gian is strong and well-trained, but you have the advantage of suppleness. His foot lashes out. You dodge to the one side, catch the ankle, and twist him off balance. Rather than allow you to dislocate his knee, he falls back, braces his arms on the ground, and delivers a thrust with both legs that sends you slamming back against the wall. Lose two life points. Mm -hmm. The... My camera is over how many life points we have on my screen. I wonder if I can move it. Uh, eight now. My picture. No, I can't move that. Oh, cool. Um, if you are still alive, the impact leaves you stunned, giving your opponent time to get to his feet. He charges towards you, bellowing. You steady yourself to meet the attack, and by luck, a wall-mounted extinguisher comes to hand. You feel no compunction at using it. Any weapon is fair in such a fight. The spray of foam to the eyes blinds the Fijian long enough for you to swing the canister in a solid clout to the side of his head. He falls like a sack of bricks. You stu stoop and check his pulse. Relieved to discover he is still alive, you had better get well away before he comes round. Turn to 311. Can we not steal his money? Come on. <laughs> He's scared to buy this coat or whatever. Eleven. The hour is late. It is time you found somewhere to pass the night. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a shame that I can't go to the other floors. I, just, I think I just went to the wrong thing. No, 311 is right. We're not in a hotel. We are in the club. It is time you found somewhere to pass the night. The Osman Hotel is still open and charges five scads for a bed. If you wish to take a room there, cross off the sum with five scads and turn two, three, three. If you prefer, prefer to save money by sleeping rough in the streets, turn two, one, six, five. I thought we were in a hotel. Yeah, I, I, I would also expect them to have uh, a place to sleep. But I guess I'm... these are our only options. And I'm down to two scads, so we need to sleep rough on the streets. Yeah, sorry, I'm just baffled by the fact that this place doesn't have a like. Mm -hmm. It's a run. Oh, I won't get over it, Stephen. Well, maybe it um, does, but but it's more important to flee the scene. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay, so the hotel charges. Well, you can't afford that. Wish to get in there. One six five. We're getting attacked by a hobo, aren't we? <laughs> We are the hobo. <laughs> oh, that's true. We are the hobo. <laughs> uh, okay. 
if you have streetwise turn to 187 if not you can bed down in the in a park a quiet back alley or an open plaza so from our earlier conversations we learned that the park the claustral park is very dangerous uh the back alley is not great either but not as dangerous okay. And I don't remember yeah. if, if we heard anything about the open plaza, do you? Um, I think he said open plazas were well lit and there's always someone around, I think is what he said. Okay, let's go there then. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I apologize for killing No, me. I recognize uh, the name, you're right. Uh, 253. Okay, there we go, yep. Bishmunga Plaza. On the lowest level of the city is a wide paved area surrounding an area of gratings directly above the river. At night, the gratings are opened and nets lowered. Bright lamps are shone down into the river to attract the attention of the fish, which are then hauled up in huge rivering shoals. This continues throughout the night, and the promise of fresh fried, while well, that's easy to say, of fresh fried fish brings all manner of nighttime workers to the plaza. At stalls ranged around the gratings, the curious bands rub shoulders. Off-duty policemen, fishmongers, prostitutes, street cleaners, beggars, and burglars. You huddle down beside a shuttered, shuttered pastry stall. The bright light and bustle make it difficult to sleep here, but at least you are safe from muggers. You pass a restless night, awakening before the dawn with a gritty feeling in your eyes and cramp in your limbs. Get away from here, says the stall holder as he opens up the up the day. I will not have my wares contaminated by a, beg a beggar's lice. You wait until he is not looking to steal a pastry for your breakfast. Then make your way to bazaar, the bazaar. Turn to 333. Half the number of the beast. Okay. So much Early morning sunlight drives away the wisp of mist, but there is still a nip in the air as you walk along the narrow street. Even in this impoverished age, the bazaar of Cairo retains the quaint and colorful air for which it is famous. The alleyways are bare wide enough for one man to pass another without intimacy. Shutters of dark wood open onto shops which display artwork of ancient time, carpets and tapestries, silks, ivory carvings, gold, and silver filigree, amulets, spices, wines, dyes, and sultry perfumes. A thousand scents mingle in the hazy morning air, wafting from the food stalls where coffee bubbles in tall kettles and pancakes sizzle on the stoves. You pass a man with a long clay pipe. No doubt his ancestors looked out from that very stall with the same brown, high cheekbone features. Mistaking your thoughtful expression, he beckons you over. See my fine goods. I have thick furs to keep out the cold. Oh my goodness, this is going <laughs> to kill you. If you want to buy a fur coat, cross off, cross off three scads. I have two. How annoying. We have two. I, that's, that's... I want to sell my crossbow. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep going and see if there's a way we can get back to this. Um, if you want to buy for a coat, cross off three scads and add the coat to your list of possessions. When the stall holder learns you are undertaking a journey, he insists that you follow him to a courtyard wedged between the narrow buildings where his cousin sells animals and slaves. If you go with him, turn to 338. If you want to look around the rest of the bazaar, turn to 359. Uh, I don't know about animals and slaves. I'm Okay, so I'm marking this page. And if we die at any point, we're coming back to here and we're buying the coat with imaginary three scads. Okay. <laughs> let's, first, accept... let's first go you... to the rest of the bazaar. Maybe there's a chance to sell stuff. Okay. Uh, three, five, nine. Oh my goodness. It's all just for sale. We want to sell stuff, darn it. Okay. Uh, strolling through the bazaar, you find the following items for sale. Gas mask, flashlight, med kit, food packs for two scads. I mean, you've already got those. Polarized goggles and ropes. Hmm. Uh, 
buy what you wish and mark the appropriate changes on your adventure sheet. If you have the code word diamond, turn to blah. If not, turn to four or two. It's a shame you can't sell the same things for the equal price. Right. Um, a medical kit would have, would have been really good, but we can't buy anything. Uh, let's go to 402 since we don't have diamond. No. We should just rub them all. Use the gun or crossbow or knife just to rob them all. <laughs> like in GTA, where you go to a gun shop, you can either buy a gun or use the gun you have to steal a gun. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what was the number? 402. The time has come. You are ready as you will ever be. Swinging your pack onto your shoulder, you set off at a brisk pace towards the city gate. The lift carries you down to the ground level where you emerge from the shelter of the concrete buttress into a raw wind. Pockets of mist swirl like smoke above the turbid river. Westwards lies the gleaming white expanse of snow that is the Sahara Desert. If you want to take a detour to the pyramids of G at Giza, turn to 423. If you wish to head straight out of the Sahara towards you on, turn to 393. If you are on foot, if you are on foot, or turn to 289 if you have a Monta Sky car. Manta Sky car. Sounds like a levitating car. Huh? Um, yeah. I want to go to Giza. If nothing else, just to see the pyramids, you know? Yeah. Okay. Four, two, three. The landscape stretches on, a sea of white broken by islands of bare black rock. Rays of sunlight skimming from the horizon behind you make the snow flash like ground glass. Soon you can see man-made hills that, that jerks up against the drab skyline. These are the pyramids, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And in front of them reclines the Sphinx, its inscrutable gaze fixed on Cahira, which is outlined by the rising sun. According to superstition, the Sphinx watches over Cahira and keeps it safe from the desert's threat. You are not so sure. Doesn't a watchdog face out from the place it is guarding? It looks to you as if the Sphinx carries in its proud, impassive face a clear warning about the Sahara. You are reminded of the words written over the gates of hell. I, I can pronounce this. It's Italian. Lasciate ogni speranza voi che entrate. I just fell in love with you. That's awesome. Say it again. But the translation is also there. Lasciate ogni yeah. speranza, voi che entrate. That's so cool, you can just do that. Okay. It said, abandon hope, you who venture here. How's our timing? Yeah, we have 20 more minutes. Cool. Okay. Um, so, turn to 440. Okay, greatest of all the monuments here is the Pyramid of Cheops, a structure of smooth black stone 150 meters high with a long ramp leading up to the, a door set two-thirds of the way up the east face. You make the long climb, you, your breath steaming in the cold air. Finally, you reach the heavy steel door. A symbol is etched into the metal, the emblem of a long forgotten cause. It means nothing to you. The wind howls dolorously around the pyramid's peak. If you have the code word from Baba, turn to blah, blah. If not, you can use either roguery or paradoxing and a psionic focus. Otherwise, turn to global. Yeah, we have none of those. Okay, let's see what we had on the thing. So, I guess we're turning to 361. Yep. Oh, Sorry, some of the artwork is so cool. Mm -hmm. 
you return down the ramp. The feeble, low slanting rays of the sun make the day feel colder than if it were night. If you have a month car, sky car, turn to, if you came here by foot, turn to 393. We came by foot. We did. Okay. Oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> not yet. We've got time. We've got time. A fierce wind with teeth of ice thunders resentlessly across the land, pushing billows of powdery snow ahead of it. You hunch behind each step as though pushing a heavy cart, at times having to crouch down to avoid being blown off your feet. By day, you are surrounded by a painful white glare. At night, moonlight turns the snowscape into a scene of unearthly mystery. You trudge weary, wearily on, feet numb with cold, eyebrows bristling with icicles. Do you have either a fur coat or cold weather suit? If not, lose two life points. Even if you do have such clothing, the cold is so severe that you lose one life point. Exception. Lose none if you also have survival. We do. So that's like... also, but that's if you have the coat and survival. What? Do you have either the fur coat or cold weather suit? If not, lose two points. Even if you do have such clothing, the cold is so severe that you lose one life point. Exception to that is lose none if you have survival. Yeah, I was hoping that only applies to the third life point loss. Um, we're going to lose more life points here, <laughs> eventually. So let's be happy with yeah. just losing two. Yeah, that is confusing, what it means. It's ambiguous, yeah. Yeah, if you do have such clothing, it's already done the... You don't... If not, lose two life points. So you've lost your two life points. Mm -hmm. That's happens if you do have such clothing. Yeah, I don't know. Up to you. Whatever you want to do. You lose one less life point if you possess a burek, as you can handle huddle close and share the body warmth. Is a burek a Yeah, isn't that one of the ones that is that one of the ones that you can slice open and eat its blood? Okay. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I. That did Love sound me. kind of good, but I thought I I don't trust the guy. It's, it's a slave dealer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, go to a barbarian camp could either end in disaster or disaster. <laughs> I guess it must. There must be a way to get one. I guess. Oh yeah, the pets. Oh no, yeah, you could buy a pet, couldn't you? At one point, sorry. Yeah. And it might have been that. Or oh, animals, not pets. Animals. Uh -huh. Um, if you possess polarized goggles, we do, I believe, uh, turn to four or three. If not, but you have survival, turn to four or four, four or three. Yeah, I mean, so, even though I, I said earlier having a skill is better than having an item, the survival skill <laughs> is, is different. I want to use yeah. the polarized goggles. <laughs> yeah, four or three. Okay. You pass on through a plane of ice tours. Baroque crags which glint with a metallic sheen against the delicate blue sky. The wind blasting between the tours makes a desolate keening sound. You see no sign of life. Cold gnaws at you from outside, hunger from within. If you have some food packs, woo, cross yeah. two off your neck. Of possessions and turn to 100. Okay, I just ate two. Yeah, cool. Uh, turn to 100. Nice. We don't need no coat for warmth. <laughs> We've got food. Um, famous last words. You continue on watching the sun slide dankly down into the west. A silvery afterglow rims the skyline. Pale humps of snow extend to the murky horizon, divided by hollows brimming with violent shadow. Violet shadow. Catching a movement out of the corner of your eye, you freeze, slowly turning to see a huge saber-fanged 
Roma, standing on a rise not 50 meters away. You slink back behind an ice boulder, not certain if the creature saw you. If you have the code word Enkidu, or great word, turn to one, two, three. If not, but you have survival, turn to two, five, six. Otherwise, you could attack the behemoth with sh shooting. That says otherwise you could. So you have a choice then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, it sounds like we don't have a choice between attacking or yeah. evading. Yeah. I, don't, I think with the way it's worded, if you had the code word, blah, 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 if not, but you have survival, turn to 256. It's like you have to turn that way. You don't have the other choice. Right. But do you want to read the rest anyway? Yeah. Otherwise, you could attack the Bomath with shooting and a charged barrel gun, or with a stun grenade. Alternatively, you can close with it, track it using binoculars if you have them, or creep off before it spots you. Does, does close I, with I, it mean attack it with my bare hands? You can close with it, track it using binoculars. I don't know. It just means get closer. Yeah. Just, just, just to okay. Okay. Well, we have survival anyway. Yeah. There's so many options there that, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, uh, two, five, six. Okay. A hunter who makes a habit of tangling with bow maths will not live very long. Instead of grand heroics, you decide to track the beast to its lair. Crouching motionless until the moon rises, you see the Bomef rouse itself and go loping away across the undulating hillocks of snow. You follow until you see it disappear into a snowdrift, whereupon you drop low and compose yourself for a long wait. Two or three hours go by. At last, it emerges from the lair, sniffs the wind and lumbers off in search of prey. Once it is out of sight, you scramble over the snowdrift, pushing along a tunnel into a hollowed-out cavity where there are three small bomaths for a nest of malted fur. Ignoring them, you turn your attention to the closely packed wall of the lair, the bomaths' larder, where the beast has stored remains of previous kills. You dig out car the carcass of a large fowl, which the icy cold has preserved well. Wrapping the flesh carefully, you make two food packs, which you can add to your list of possessions. Wow. Nice. What a find, yeah. All right. Uh, we're about to have a pet. One of the young Bomefs nips at your ankle. The teeth do not penetrate your boot, but it is a tiny reminder that the parent might return at any time. You squirm back to the open and hurry away. I want to take one with me. <laughs> it sounds like the babies aren't even nice. <laughs> uh, well, that's the whole point. You can train it to then attack things. <laughs> could, oh. Just leave this whole adventure and go home with the Boma baby. Anyway, my fantasies aside of having awesome pets, 298. Okay, the next day, with the snow glittering like diamond dust under pale gold sunshine, you see a shimmering haze in the middle distance. Approaching, at first you think that oasis ahead is a trick of your imagination. Dwarf conifers surround a steaming pool fringed with moss-covered rocks. Long-beaked birds peck at the grounds for grubs. <laughs> then you catch a sulfuric tang on the air and realise that the warm, undrawn updraft here must be rising from fissures deep underground. It feels as unreal as a dream when you pass between the foliage and settle yourself on a slab of rock, pulling off your clothing to enjoy your first experience of warmth in many days. If you think it might be worth resting up here to recover your strength, turn to 405. If you are keen to press on without delay, turn to 426. Let's press on. <laughs> Yeah, I vaguely remember something about this place not being so good, but uh, 
I think they go very, very high. Uh, okay. If you're keen to press on, right, right, that's two, sorry, four, two, six. Too far. Okay. Surrounded by a limitless expanse of snow, you slope warily towards your goal. The sun slides low in the sky, wavering like a blob of flame orange oil against a sky of swirling violet. As it disappears in a scud of cloud lying along the horizon, you feel the dreary chill of day begin to yield to the frigid tyranny of night. If you lack either a fur coat or a cold weather suit, lose four life points. If you possess either of those items, lose only two life points. Lose one less life point if you have survival and one less if you possess. Mm -hmm. So we lose three life points. Down to three. Yeah, it's so unclear which, yeah, whatever. Uh, if that's only for if you have the uh, fur coat and cold weather suit. But yeah, lose one less just to make it easier because mm -hmm. screw the difficulty thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. no, but it's no fun unless it's a challenge. So we appreciate the challenge. Um, okay, assuming you survive. Turn to four four four. Uh, okay, hunger is a knot of ice inside your belly. Weariness turns your feet to lead weights. Each day break, you find it harder to shrug off the lassitude of sleep. Every effort costs intense concentration. How do your rations stand? If you have two food packs, cross them off your adventure sheet and turn to one, two, five. If you have only one food pack, cross it off and turn to 37. If you have no food left, turn to one, four, seven. I have three, so we're fine. Cool. So if you have two food packs, cross off the turn to one, two, five. Okay. At last, you see a streak of dark rubble against the dazzling skyline. You fear it might just be a line of hills or even a trick of the light. But as you approach on quickened footsteps, it is possible to make out the details of brooding towers, empty palaces, and gargantuan snow-bound walls. You have arrived at the lost city of Duon. If you have the code word diamond, delete it and turn to one. Nine one. Otherwise, turn to two one three. We don't have it. Well, this time mm. crossing the desert was much easier, or we were just lucky to um, not go into any traps because you had food and survival. Yeah, survival. Oh yeah, survival. Survival really. Yeah, survival food. But there's a whole big challenge coming up in the lost city. Uh, what did I say in numbers? 213. Two, two, one. Yeah, two, one, three. Up ahead, you can now see a small figure trudging through the snow, dwarfed by the high walls of the city. Approaching, you attract his attention and he turns. As he unzips his hood, you are struck by sudden recognition. Kyle Bosch, you mutter wearily. What a small world. So, he says with a wide grin. You have also come to seek the ultimate power. Uh, turn to one nine one. The gates of Duan stand open to the elements, leaving the wide avenues piled under deep snow dunes. The buildings are monoliths of dark stone, desolate remnants of a civilization long gone. Their vast scale and Pitiless geometric decoration make them seem out of proportion to the human soul. You find them tyrannical and depressing. Impressive architecture, eh? Says Bosch, looking to a high black tower whose fretwork dome shows like a, shows like a fleshless head against the bleak white sky. 
You see a thin swirl of smoke rising from a campfire in the main plaza of the city. It seems we're not the only ones to heed Gaia's message. You say, Dorley, Dowley. Come on, let's introduce ourselves. This all seems a bit too camaraderie. I thought the guy wanted to like kill us. Uh, well, he was kind of helping us, kind of betraying us. <laughs> stingy. Yeah, we just left. left. We just left in there. I thought there was going to be like a battle between us two to see who gets. Maybe that's still to come, but. Yeah. Uh, two or three. Passing under a broken arch, you enter the central plaza. This is a broad area of snow covered flagstones, roughly 300 meters across, enclosed by ruined palaces that gleam like lead in the white haze. Let gleam. Hmm. There are several campfires built up against a fallen colonnade. As you get closer, you see antique furniture and splintered doors crackling in the flames. Plunder from the once great city of Duan, lost art treasures beyond price. In this desolate place, their only value is the warmth they give. A man steps forward from the fireside and pulls off his gloves to shake hands. Greetings. I am Janus Gaunt. Gaunt. Janus Gaunt. While Bosch makes the introductions, you take stock of Gaunt. He is younger than his grey hair would suggest, with an open, friendly manner. His servants stumble along behind him in the snow, but they wear only thin clothes, and you guess they are past feeling the cold. Gaunt sees you looking at them and nods. These are my zombs, reanimated cadavers, loyal and tireless, tireless, especially undead. Uh, others are now emerging from their tents along the colonnade. A wizened old man with no legs who comes drifting through the air like a ghost is introduced as Baron Cirrusis. Oh, that's who we met, a psionic from Bezant. Next comes a woman who walks with long feline strides, eyes glittering with like jade in the wane afternoon light. She gives you a single guarded look and then turns away. That is Theodra Bay of Alat, says Gaunt. And here is Commander Shane Golgoth, an agent of United States intelligence. The two strapping bronze ladies behind him are Gargan eight and Gargan nine. Gargan so thir of, thirteen and fourteen. Of the, wow. Yeah. X is ten. Yeah. X is ten, not five. I'm tired. A lot of reading. Um sole survivors of a cloned super warrior group. Golgoth smiles and shakes hands. The Gargan twins watch you with a glare like Medusa's sisters. There's also Vaja Sin Sign. Sing, yeah. Adds Golgoth nodding towards a large scarlet and black pavilion across the plaza. You'll meet him soon enough, I'll warrant. If you have the code word scythe, delete it and turn to blah blah. Otherwise turn to one one one. Okay. I think that's a good place to stop. Thank you, because my head is fried <laughs> nap time. There's, there's one more chapter, you could say, ahead in the city. Uh, I, I remember going through it that, that one time, reading on my own, also cheating as often as po as necessary, just just, just <laughs> yeah. to get through the story once, because I, I wanted to at least know what it's about. But I don't remember okay. all the details, uh, you know, all the decisions I need to make to survive to the end. Yeah. So how long do you think's left then? Maybe one more episode. Okay. I, I, well, okay. I thought we were like almost done, done. But that's good if we if there's still quite a lot more content then. Mm -hmm. That's good. Whew, I am um, Rex. That was good. Um, you did well. Yeah, we, we survived. We were lucky. We did. Yeah. I, I have one piece of news. Uh, I updated the homepage, whoamipodcast.com, to include a blog. And I'm not good at writing, 
but I want to practice. And maybe you saw me uh, posting a poem on Facebook. I uh, will. Yes, I, I I will put that up, and I I uh, wrote another small thing. So I, I'm not going to write long things. Just just little things that come to my mind that I think are worth sharing, and are well. So far, they've been political and about COVID. Uh, but uh, you're also invited to write if you want, and I will show you how. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll probably have you send me the texts and I'll upload it. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll show you once it's published right now. Um, I just have things on my offline version. I finally installed a, a server that works just the same as the, the online server, because before I was constantly testing my changes to the code by uploading the file and then waiting for the online server to reassess uh, the files, reevaluate them. And that just took a long time. So now I finally learned how to install a, a virtual server on my laptop at home. And it just takes uh, two seconds to update the, the pages. Amazing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, slow progress. I, I don't put a lot of time into the homepage, just a few hours here and there when I have the chance. But it's fun to learn about those things. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot, but again, it's all relative to what you can and can't do compared to what I do. That's a lot. <laughs> nice work. Okay. That's amazing. Thanks for reading, and we will continue very soon, hopefully.